show where Wombat is the host, and I am the co-host, John. Whoa! Oh, subverted you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, um, it's Glowing Weak Point. It's the name of the show. Um, what's yours? Fucking throwback to a complaint I made like two and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <sighs> what was the question? What is my what? Glowing weak point. Oh, oh, oh God. You asked that so quickly. <laughs> you got the yeah. jump on me in more than one way. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that sucks. What is my glowing weak point? <laughs> Fuck. I'm uh, sure it's really good. Uh, my glow. Oh, you know what? My glowing weak point is I convinced my girlfriend to take the dogs to the dog park yesterday. So okay. she she thought that the dogs did not like the dog park because the last time we had gone to the dog park, uh, Yuna got into a fight with another dog that kept trying to hump her. And okay. so it's probably been like six or eight months since the last time we went to the dog park as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. And I was like... We should really take the dogs to the dog park more. Like, like they like going out there. She's like, no, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. Look, we're gonna go no, to the do. dog park today, and I'm just to prove to you that they hate the dog park. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, how'd that work? Out? And, and so we loaded them up in the back of the car. We got them to the dog park. They did this weird thing they always do when they get close to the dog park, where they just start this high pitched whining. Just, just annoying as shit. And then we, we get them into the dog park. We get them off their leash, and they're just running around. They're just running around and sniffing oh, yeah. so many butts. And Yuna's going up to every single person in the park, being like, "Can I get a pet? Can I get a pet?" Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I'm like, "They don't like the dog park, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> and we were there for probably uh, an hour, and they had such a fucking fantastic time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dogs love the dog park. Yeah. We're lucky that we have one really close to us, and unlucky in that uh, the last five times we've gone there, uh, we've seen, like, the worst shit and had to leave. <laughs> the worst shit? Yeah. Yeah, no, like, actually, the like... One of the one of the times uh, I talked about it on the podcast, I'm pretty sure, where like one dog picked up and ragdolled another dog like it was trying to kill it. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay, so it's only bad shit from the dogs, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I, I thought you'd be like, yeah, I saw a guy shooting up heroin in the back corner or something. Nah, nah, nothing like that. The, this is uh, the suburbs. Nobody does that shit. Sure. <laughs> uh, Whatever you say. <laughs> What's your glowing weak point, John? Um... So I'm gonna have to pick something different than than I normally would, which is uh I've been looking into music a bunch. Um, looking into it, I looking into it. Uh, he's I, opened up tired. the book of music and he's he's yes. read deeply uh, into it. I have it. lots of <laughs> lots of books of music. <laughs> um, uh, I even have a whole Bible of music. Um, that's a 
thing that probably no one born post 2000 would understand um i mean i was born in 94 and i don't understand what that means disc bibles cd bibles oh okay yeah yeah, yeah, you know what i I actually have one of those but for movies because i keep all my cd cases anyways um the i forgot uh, they were called bibles yeah they are it's it's weird yeah but that's what it is um so i like the music that i listen to and really enjoy it but at the same time um, I've listened to all of it many, many, many times, and I wanted something new. And for the past six months, I've, I've really been listening to baby metal a ton because, I, uh, you know, I was going to go to their concert and wanted to, you know, know all their music, be able to sing it with them and stuff, uh, which I was able to do. Um, but that put me on a thing of like, well, what else is there out there? Um, and so I started looking into, um, like what genre of music that is, which is kawaii metal, and it's closely related to alternative idol, um, which most idol music in Japan is pop, but alternative idol is stuff that isn't pop. (laughs) Right. So it's still idols. They're still girls dressed up and and dancing on stage while singing. But uh, it's things like ska or rock or punk or, you know, the the stuff I actually enjoy listening to. So went down a whole bunch of rabbit holes learning about all these different bands and, and finally settled on... Uh, like five or six that I I ended up like getting all of their music and and putting it into my my program I listen to music through and um so I'll 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 just uh pick out the two of them that I really really have enjoyed the most uh well, one of them is a um, idol band called Misula de Edison and they are uh. They're dark, is what it is. It, they they like frequently play as um, uh, vampires. They're a science fiction Japanese idol girl group. Okay, and they sing incredibly well, and they dance really well, and they're all really cute, and their songs are really good. Like the 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 music is really good. Um, I'll, I'll shoot you links to these later or now, but you don't have to listen to them because that would take up time. Um, but like, that's, that's one of their, their most recent ones, uh, Vampire Lonely Night. And, uh, it's incredible. (laughs) Um, yeah, that actually officially released yesterday, I think. Um, then the other band that, uh, is completely different (laughs) is, uh, Atarashi Gako, which, uh, is a, they're more of a dance band in in that, like, they sing and stuff, but it's more of the choreography. Okay. They really focus on that. 
Um, I thought you were saying they make, like, dance music. No, 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 no. Um, uh, I do have a... Seiraki Jusanyu is a idol band that plays EDM and Eurobeat. <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> okay. But, but basically, this um, band you're saying is, like, it's the equivalent of, like, 70s punk, where it's more about the aesthetic than the music. Yeah, yeah, and, and it really is choreography. Like, they, they, it's definitely deep in the, the dancing and stuff. Um, but they, uh, they frequently pretend to be, um, like, Sentai, like, like the Power Rangers and right. stuff in their videos. <laughs> and, uh, their music is bizarre. But really good. So one of one of their their songs that I like the most is uh, "Pineapple Kryptonite," um, which just it goes through like four different shifts throughout the song, where you're like, "What the fuck happened? This is a completely different song," and also like prog rock. Um. <laughs> uh, no, they're just really vastly different. It's it's like there is technically one through line. <sighs> it's, it's hard, hard to, to describe. describe music. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> the music or the choreography for the music video follows the song. Where to spoil it? Um, they're just out having fun uh, in the uh, Southern California deserts when um, a alien appears and the music shifts with that to like a completely different song, basically. And then they uh, run around, run away from the alien and they find it, and a different fucking music song happens, and they learn what its kryptonite is, and they go after it and use their Sentai powers to destroy it, and it builds every single time to this bonkers, insane song that's that's really good. And it ends um, with a cover of Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. <laughs> no. no <it> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just been interesting... Um, uh, music is very indicative of a culture. Like yes. you, you can learn a lot about a culture through its music, and I like doing that with many cultures. Like I, I listen to a lot of Ecuadorian and Peruvian and Colombian and Brazilian music, and and they're all very different and very Ecuadorian and Peruvian and Colombian and Brazilian. And, right. <laughs> and. Uh, it's just it's neat to hear it but also then there's massive countries like japan that have like eight billion different styles of music and they go wild and it's weird and i love it while we're on that topic i'll actually shoot you a link to a song that i've recently fallen in love with okay from japan it's by a band okay. called saka naction um, okay. Th- uh, let's see. What what does this describe their music as? Uh, 
Sakonexion is a Japanese rock band from Hokkaido. Their music is a fusion of alternative rock, electronic, pop, and new wave styles. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, uh, that's definitely out there. This song has two bass solos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alright, All right, I'll look forward to that. Yeah. Uh... Okay. All right, that's cool. I'm glad that you're um, you're looking into other music. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm always like, I always have my uh, right, but I mean, like, like yeah. you were listening to a bunch of baby metal, and you were like, you know what? Let me let me branch out into into like vaguely kind of related, but not really things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not in any way. <laughs> ah, this, these people also speak Japanese, right? I see. Well, and also they they do dances. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're all considered idols. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. So technically, um, technically, Atarashigako is a girl band, a girl group, not an idol. Group. What's the difference? They're just a girl group. Idol has a whole culture around it uh-huh um and also idols are more strictly controlled by a um a, a group a, okay a group all right which, so idols uh, are is, like is the spice shady. girls right yeah, yeah 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 and then and then utarashi gako is more like heart sure yeah yeah they have more say over what they do yeah yeah. Okay. Although Misula de Edison is a, uh, as far as I can tell, um, not connected with any um, group. They're just solos, which is pretty cool. Like they're solo idols? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know you yeah, could cause... be that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Money grease is all wheels. That's true. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to what we should have talked about last week. Games. Whoa. Um, you've played a lot of games, and I've played a lot of some games. I've played a lot of games for, like, two hours. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've played... <laughs> One hour for two of my games, and then uh, about uh, 80. <laughs> because you had to beat Ultima 2. No, no, no. I, I, you, didn't, you didn't put that on me. Yeah, I did. Also, no, you didn't. Roll back I the I did. Tips. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know which episode that would be to roll back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's, that's why I feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> You ain't gonna do that. I don't have to worry about shit. So you didn't beat it? No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, It is significantly harder in that um, in Ultima 1, if you die, you lose some percentage of your uh, money and items, whatever. Right. And you you restart at the main world. Um, You're at the, the main castle. Uh, in this one, you lose the game. 
You have to start over from the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, there's no, like, load up a save and... No, nope. Oh. Also, also, the way saves work are, um, they save the game so you can exit the game. That's there it. is no load. Right. There, you, you, you play the game, you save it, and you, you can quit, and then when you restart, there you go. Yeah. Huh. Yep. That's a, uh, that's a big leap up in difficulty from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> that is. It's uh. also interesting to do that with an RPG, because, like... So many RPGs are almost, like, built around the idea of saving and then loading checkpoints. Uh-huh. And, and so to have an RPG where that, like, like, you literally cannot do that, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, how far did you get? Um, uh... Not very. Um, I traveled through time twice, and then I just got stuck with, like, there were just too many enemies for me to be able to get back to the, uh, the safety of, of the castle. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it is one of those games that, just like the last one, you're, you're traveling time, you're doing all sorts of shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I imagine that's going to be the uh, through line of the whole series, right? Nope. No? <laughs> no. No, this, this is pretty much it. Is there... It... Just just these two. Hold on. What's the... <laughs> What's the connective tissue behind the Ultima name? Uh, they all take place in the same world. Okay. Yeah, they'll they'll take place in um oh fucking who gives a shit what the name of the 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 planet is. Um <laughs> It's it's not Earth, although we do play on Earth in this game. Oh. Uh yeah. So you're also traversing space. Correct. Yes. Um so in this game you can you can travel to most of the solar system planets. Um and uh yeah the the main thing is that uh lord british is the uh is the through line um and the evil uh, uh enchanter mundane in this one you're you're fighting his um his uh lover minax because you killed him last time. Right. But he'll be back. No, There's don't come back. Four different... So, the the map is a square representation of the Earth. And okay. there's four different time periods. Um, Pangea. <laughs> 300 to 250 million years ago. So it's all right. one landmass. Um... BC, which is 1423 before the dawn of civilization. So BC being before civilization. AD being 1990. And the aftermath after 2112. So you're. Wait, like the Rush album? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I didn't like the aftermath. 
This is a terrible album. Anyways, um, yeah, it's weird. This this game series is weird. Wait, there's a Rush so anyways, album called The Aftermath? Isn't there? I was talking about the Rush album called 2112. Oh, uh, no. What am I thinking of? <laughs> Damn, there's so many. Right. I, I, I imagine if you look up the Aftermath music, there's like a billion results. No, no I'm just looking at Rush albums. <laughs> <laughs> There are also a lot of Rush albums. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Although I will say, if you look 24. up just the words Rush albums, it defaults to the album 2112. <laughs> it, it does. Uh. Holy shit, there are a ton of Rush albums. Yes! There's, there's, there's an insane amount. And- like, some of those are live. Some of them are, but, like, Russian Rio is totally a live album. But there's more than 24 that aren't. <laughs> and they go back to, like, fucking 1974. Yep. And all the way up through 2012. Jesus. What a prolific band. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't love. Anyways, no. uh... Not even about... Neil Peart? Eh... Wow. Tell me about Alan Wake. <laughs> Alan Wake is a really cool game. Um, I mean, so, first of all, gotta get it out of the way. My favorite genre of anything is small town where weird shit is happening. Right? Like, yeah. Twin Peaks... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just inject it directly into my veins. I want a small town where there's creepy goings on. And Alan Wake is that. Alan Wake is very close to Twin Peaks, to be honest. Like, it's a small town in Washington with, with, uh, like, supernatural shit going on. That's just Twin Peaks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a... I don't usually play horror games on my own because horror... Video games are, like, the one medium where horror really gets to me. Because I have to be part of it, right? Like, I can watch a horror movie and I'm, I'm like, on the outside looking in. There's an otherness to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have no control. It's just... It's a thing that's happening and you're watching it. And and reading a book, it's even easier because it's, like, if it does get too much more... I can just set the book down and come back, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But with video games, you're in it. Uh, and, And I'm playing this on my computer in this tiny little closet that I'm in so it's impossible for me to have somebody next to me (laughs) while I'm playing this Yep. (laughs) which is it's not my ideal for playing a horror game uh huh it's rather disconcerting isn't it yeah and and (laughs) last night I was playing it last night and it was I had the curtains drawn so that the light from my room wouldn't like distract me from the game and, and so it got really hot in the room, and and 
combined with me sweating because I kept uh, I I was so tense like like it was it was just a very uncomfortable experience. Alan Wake is a really good game. It's just such a good game. Um, okay. Like, like it, and like the monsters aren't really scary. That's not what's scary about it, right? Because they're just like they're just dudes who who like like shimmer and then you shine a light on them to make them corporeal and then you shoot them, right? That's yeah. That's the basic gameplay loop. And that's not scary. What's scary is not knowing when they're going to show up. But like, <laughs> what what's scary is the uh, the, there's this thing they do with the screen when you could be attacked by these guys, where the like it gets all blurry and wavy, and and the soundtrack like ratchets up the atmospheric noise. And, yeah, and it's and you've got these headphones on, and you're in a dark closet, and yeah, and it's it's an experience. They did they did a fantastic job with this game. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like like you don't get to see. Uh, I'm two episodes into what I think is an eight episode game. Um. And we haven't really gotten to see a whole lot of the, like, fun little small-town characters. But what you do see yeah. of them is really good. Well, like, like the, uh, the, the diner waitress Rose, who's just, like, a super fan of Alan Wake and recognized him immediately. Like, she's fun. That's a, that's a fun <laughs> character to have there, right? Um, yeah. His 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 agent who came like running when he couldn't contact Alan for a week, but, like such a human character out of what what they could have made just like like a buffoon. He's he's like yeah. a real person, and, and <laughs> like like he genuinely cares for Alan despite like all of his money grubbing and shit because he's an agent like that's what he has to do you know it's his job to yeah. be money grubbing but uh-huh. also he and Alan are just like friends <laughs> and he cares about <laughs> Alan and it I, I like it I like it a lot um I'm looking forward to playing more probably tonight to be honest okay yeah cool yeah nighttime it's the best time to play horror yeah I mean, I'll I'll rinse it down with some anime, you know. Like it's okay. <laughs> uh, I just mean when it's nice and dark out. Yeah, you gotta get um, in that mood. So the game you told me I had to play was Hand of Fate. And this is uh, the one of the two that you put an hour into, and then and then left, right? Correct. Yes. Because yeah. the the eighty hours was Ultima two, right? No. Oh no. <laughs> no, Ultima two was an hour. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I got that. You part. tricked I like, me. <laughs> I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Not a fan of the second Ultima. Not as much as the first one. Um, I might enjoy it more by the time I beat it, but uh, I haven't gotten anywhere close to that yet. Right. All right. Um, so, Hand of Fate. 
Hand of Fate. Um, this is the game you, you wanted me to play, and uh, I had played it a little bit before in the past, and uh, never really gotten it to work very well, and it kind of just kind of sucked. Um, so I tried again, and uh, this time I was able to, to, like, get things done. Like, I was able to actually play through it. it, it so it, the, the way it works is um, you have cards, story cards that are in your deck, and the your combatant, the dealer, also has enemy cards that they slip in as well. Um, so they all get mixed together, and then they're played out as, you know, here are the item, your here is your character and the items you start with, and here is the... Um, uh, the battleground you play through and you, you draw cards and, and see what the next area is. Uh, and if there's enemies there, then he draws enemies and you fight, etc. Right. Um, and last time I had done all that fine, except combat was just impossible. This time, golly, combat's easy. <laughs> oh, it's the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's too there easy. Was, there, was, there was a controls issue where, like, the game just wouldn't function right. I couldn't, like, move my character in combat. I couldn't, like, it was it was a shitty engine problem. But uh, apparently they fixed that. Or I have a better computer or both. Um, But now, like, I'm... What's, what's the point of combat? Like I can, <laughs> you you immediately get access to a ability where you can just um, parry everything, and you can like parry from across the fucking map. So like, and and people like oh. raise their swords up and start to glow green for a full second before they start to swing down. Uh, during which time, one you could just dodge away. Like it, it's not. <laughs> You could just move out of the way and not get hit. Or, during the full second, you could do an interrupt action that costs nothing to uh, bash the guy and uh, slash him a bunch. And and during that time, like, none of the other enemies are attacking you. So you could just sit there and just... Alright, they're doing it. Press the button. Alright, press the button. Press the button. And, like I, I did not take damage through three campaigns. Huh. <laughs> and I did, I did three campaigns because I was just like, meh, next, meh, next, meh, next. Uh, all right. Well, I'm done with this because <laughs> there's, there's no trouble, right? At all. Like even during boss fights, where there was a boss where I couldn't interrupt him. Oh. <gasps> So I just uh, moved. I, I pressed S to, to back <laughs> away, and then I wasn't hit by his attack. And it wasn't like, oh, I slaved it at the right. I just walked away. The, it was it was like one lich guy, and then like seven other enemies, and some of them were archers. So there's no uh, parrying them, or so I just walked up to them and I killed them, and then. 
then the mon- the boss walked over to me, and so I walked to another area and killed those enemies. And then the boss walked up to me, and so I walked over to another area and killed those. And, like, <laughs> there, there was there was no worry in the slightest. There was no like. I like to think that I have some amount of skills in games, but um, you didn't need to utilize that, them. Th- yeah, yeah. This this is a game that I could I could get my niece to play, my my like nine year old niece. <laughs> Damn. Okay. And, you know she'd she'd struggle a little bit, but uh, she'd still beat the game. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, not impressed. Still not a fan, but for a different reason yeah. now. I, the, the aesthetic, awesome. It's a fantastic, like, I, I love the concept. It's such a cool, especially because, like, you've got your deck and they've got theirs. You can change your deck. Like, you can switch out cards like it's Magic the Gathering and, and build a better deck for yourself. Right. Um, it's just... Fuck's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother? Alright. Tell me about Pixel Noir. Because it sounds like a game I would really like. Uh, you probably wouldn't. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm going to keep playing it in hopes that it gets better. But this is another episodic game. It has six episodes and I've made it through two. And, uh, golly gee whiz, am I not impressed with, uh, anything? Well, I guess I like the aesthetic, you know, like, like, like the pixel art is really good. Um, I like the idea of playing as a detective, like a, a, a private dick as it were, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I've been going through this thing recently where I really just want to play detective games, games where I am Uh a detective, games where I do detecting. Like, I really, I I, I want to play Danganronpa again, but not Danganronpa is basically, (laughs) (laughs) basically where I'm at, right? Yeah. Um, And and Pixel Noir was an attempt at doing that. And it's uh, like, like the... Solving the cases is boring, and then there's this, like, supernatural element to it that I don't think really needs to be there. Like, what... What happened to just, like, doing a thing, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just just make a detective game. Just have yeah, me no, solve no, murders and shit. It has to be shit. more. It has to be more. There like, has to be something else. I, I don't want it. I just want to solve a murder, you know? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's all I want, and it's not giving me that, and th- th- that's all I can really say. the The writing is acceptable, I guess. It's Oof. not you. If you're gonna say you're noir, you really need top notch writing. Yeah, like like none of the characters particularly stand out. None of the mysteries have been particularly like gripping. Um. I'm not invested in the main character. Uh, it's just... It could be so much more and it's not, you know? That's disappointing. Like, I see the core 
of something cool there, which is why I'm going to like give it another couple episodes before I just give up. But it, it's not, you know, I'm a third of the way through the game and it's not doing it for me. So mm-hmm. you should, uh, you should play the, the Sherlock Holmes games. I was seeing that like Sherlock Holmes chapter one or whatever looked really cool. All I've ever seen was the devil's daughter. Well, um, like I, I might have to let like go to to Sherlock Holmes for what I'm looking there, for. There's, there's still action, but it's Sherlock Holmes action. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a whole lot more about the the intrigue and the the solving the case. Yeah, and, and so many of them have like a mostly positive or very positive like. Yeah, I might just have to invest in those. <laughs> but it is definitely an investment because those are full price games. Yeah, thirty bucks for the Devil's Daughter, forty five for Chapter One. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's no small, it's no small amount. All right. Well, tell me about memoirs of a battle brothel then. OK, so opposite of pixel noir. Uh, first of all, this is this is a porn game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's a porn game. And I think. Last week, I was really dogging on the idea of of like getting getting hot and bothered by uh by porn writing. <laughs> okay, this has good porn writing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's 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 good porn writing. I don't know, man. Um, but more importantly, I wanted to come at this from a different angle, right? So, okay. memoirs of a battle brothel. Is a sci-fi game, right? Like, like, like hard sci-fi. Like it wants it, it wants you to understand why the things in in its fucking world work the way they do. It has like five different organizations you can you can like associate yourself with. And each of them tie into the others in different ways. Like these two are aligned, but it's an an uneasy alliance. The these two mm-hmm. are enemies. Uh, this one, the the one that you're working within, actually has two factions within it that that are at odds, right? And it's got yeah. it's got all that kind of shit. Um, and what it reminds me the most of is like. In forties, fifties, sixties sci-fi, you know, Heinlein. Okay. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those books where it was like, like you got a a pie that's cut into five pieces, right? And it's like three parts hard. No, it's like one part story, two part characters, and then three parts fucking hardcore porn. You know, but like, <laughs> okay, I don't know if I did that right, but that's a, that's what, that's what it is. But like, cause have you ever read Heinlein or any of those guys? Like, yes, half the book probably is just weird sex shit that they wanted to, to do. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then the other half is this really intriguing fucking sci-fi story with like spies and and and, and fucking space travel and shit, right? Well, they they understood as much as uh, more than anyone that um sex is part of the human condition. And yes. you 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 put you put a human in space, it doesn't matter that they're in space. It doesn't matter what type of um uh, political system is going on. It doesn't matter whether the, you know, there are gravity wells and tachyon thrusters. It, people want a bone. Right. Like, <laughs> even Star Trek had some of that, right? With, like, Captain Kirk running around the all of, all of the universe just banging every alien lady he set eyes on. Like... Yep. But, but, that... That's what sci-fi is at its core, right? It's like, it's the beauty of science and exploration. And also, I want to get my dick wet. <laughs> and Memoirs of a Battle Brothel, I think, that like, is it, it's doing that pretty well. You know, it's in, it, okay. it is following in the vein of its ancestors. <laughs> it, it looks like it's based off of a... Uh, a quite good game, uh, the Shadowrun SNES game from way back in the day. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Cause the uh, newer so, Shadowrun games are not impressive. No, 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 because they're, they're not Shadowrun, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, now, I, I will say, on a gameplay level, uh, Battle Brothel is not doing amazing. Uh, like, the uh, combat is fine. The combat's fine. I don't mean gameplay. What do I, I mean like aesthetic. Um, the pixel art is not incredible. Uh, the portraits are hit and miss. And uh, the the character sprites um, are reused all over the place to the point where they offer you 16 sprites to, st to choose for your player character, right? Um, yeah. Eight male and eight female. And I chose, like, the fifth female sprite for my character. And I've seen that sprite used for other characters at least three times so far. <laughs> and I feel like they should have at least made sure not to duplicate the player character sprites. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like you know, Mook number 38, sure. Yeah, you could definitely reuse him right. a million times. It, it still gets annoying, but... But, like, I understand it. You're, like, a low-budget RPG maker game, right? Like, I get it. But don't... If you're gonna... If you're gonna say, I can use this for my player character... Don't have me able to stand next to someone who looks exactly like me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would Do you be... Know which version of RPG Maker it is? I don't. Okay. Is there a way to tell? Like, can I go to the store page and tell? I'm on the store page and I can't tell from that, so... So unless somebody in the uh, reviews is saying anything, like... Yeah. It's just curiosity. Yeah, I have no idea. It it could be any of the more recent ones, you know? Yeah. 
They put out one like every two years, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get to what I actually played. The the, the <laughs> two games that I actually played. Um, one is Raft, which uh, are you familiar with Raft? Uh, it's the one where you're adrift on the ocean and you build up your raft and you go to different yes. islands and yeah, yeah, yeah. get supplies um, and you build up your raft some more. Yeah. Um, it's a game that I knew that uh, Kristen, my wife, would, would enjoy. Cause it she seems likes... directly up her alley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fishing, chopping down trees, uh, snagging things out of the water, climbing things. Yeah, it's... Yes. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, likewise, it is right up my alley in that, you know, it's all like building out the best format for the raft and uh, figuring out what the best... Um, like everything, just uh, all, all the things, figuring out what the best way to do each of them is and and making sure that I have enough of this, that I can do this thing. And, oh, I'm pushing the story along because she doesn't really care. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm like, all right, cool. Now I can know where the next big story island is. We can go there. And it's so much fun. Um, we are at a point, we, we've hit this point multiple times now, and that, um, early on you get to a point where you're like, well, I am getting enough wood that, like, I can, I, like, I can repair anything I need to on the raft, and, um, like, I, I, I have so much wood I don't know what to do with it, but also I haven't built any of the other things yet, so I don't know how much that needs, but... I feel like I can continue doing this the way I'm playing the game now for ever. <laughs> and then you uh, study like 12 different things. You research things and you, you craft new fancy things and you're like, well, I can't fucking use that old shit. That that was that was terrible. Why would I use a plastic hook when this scrap hook is like works half or takes half as long to do things uh goes twice as far has like three times the durability yeah no 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 it's just a direct a upgrade hook every five seconds yeah this is better in every oh shit now i'm running out of scrap uh oh no right, so what what can i do to to make this better like <laughs> and then you get to another point and and you're like well um uh i you know, I have a steady source of, of metal so I can make things. I can repair any damage to the, the craft. I've got a, uh, uh, sail so I can go wherever I want to. This is, this is great. Um, yeah, no worries at all. And then, um, <laughs> then you, you get to a point and you're like, oh, uh, I, I can't go against the wind because uh, that you just can't so I would need a an engine for that and um, 
<laughs> well, now I need fuel for the engines. And, right. <laughs> oh, now I need to to get bees so I can make honey, which is required for the biofuel. And now I need... To... <laughs> but even still, I'm at a point where... Now I need planter boxes so I can grow flowers in order to feed my bees. Exactly. That is that is the last thing I did. Is I, <laughs> I made planter boxes for flowers. <laughs> um The I have armored the raft. I used like a hundred metal ore to do it. But now all of the edges are armored so I don't have to care about the raft anymore because that's that's one of the the constants is that Bruce the shark always runs up and starts chewing on the raft and then ripping you know, away if you pieces. Don't stab, of it. Yeah, if you don't stab him in time, then he he breaks that part and you've got to replace it. And if you had placed anything on top of it, then that's just gone. It, it shattered and and fell into the water and it's gone forever. And you have to craft it again. Um, and uh, I have everything armored. Bruce doesn't attack. <laughs> so, like, I don't have to care about that anymore. And I have the ability to grow plants, like like um, radishes and... Or, no, it's beets and potatoes. And I can do watermelons and pineapples if I really wanted to. Um, but... I can I can grow those infinitely. <laughs> uh, it takes a little bit of, of water, which um, I have just uh, what is it the solar? I have solar um, powered um, water purifiers. So I just get salt water, put it in there. Over time, it turns into regular water. And then I can use that for whatever I want. Like the, at this point, I, I I've beaten the game. I haven't because there's still so much more to the game. Right. <laughs> and there's so many things that I'm like, ah oh, man, this is great. I've I've totally beaten this. But if only I had this one thing. I need like I've got all these empty batteries now because I keep you like making a battery and sticking it in the thing and then it runs out of charge and then I can't recharge it because I don't have the reach. But if I go to the next island, I can get the recharger and then that's going to mean that I'm going to be using more fuel, which means I need to produce like <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Um when you're on this an island, game. when you're on an island, does Bruce still attack the raft? Yes. Oh, that sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, most islands are really small, and he doesn't. He doesn't attack constantly. Right. He, he attacks like maybe once every two or three minutes, I'd say. So that's it's, it's still not, not a lot of time to explore yeah. the island. Yeah, which is nice and if you there's two of you, because then one can stay behind somewhat. Uh, but you also just have to... Don't be stupid. Don't put anything on the edge of the raft. Right. <laughs> yeah, everything goes inside. <laughs> put everything in the middle, and then... Build out your there. edges so that Bruce has empty space he can attack, and then uh, yeah. build up on the inside. Yep. Yeah. 
but yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm I'm having so much fun with it, and I can tell. Uh, I've, I've got. I, supposedly, I only have twenty three point nine hours in it, but I've exclusively played this with my wife who has exclusively also played it with me, and she has 69 hours on record. And I'm wondering, because we're bounced, like, I'm bouncing between two computers if it's, like, not fully updated. But... That might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Or she actually played this before you and she just forgot about no, it. No, because I bought it for her. No, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. She, Never mind. I thought, she, I thought she had it already, and then, <laughs> uh, Yeah. No. Alright, well. You uh, have one more game before we talk about the other game that I played a lot of. Just the one that I told you to play. Did yes. you play this? Uh, I did. I played it a bit before we started recording. Um, Lol. <laughs> well, well it, it, the thing is, I was going to play it yesterday, but we were out for a lot of the day yesterday. So I didn't get around to it. Um, so I was supposed to play Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Um, you can't do shit in this game with an hour. Let, let me tell you that right now, because this is, and I knew this already, one of the most handholdy fucking Zelda games ever with <laughs> one of the longest tutorial sections of a Zelda game fucking ever. Like, I'm an hour in, and I just got the fucking sword. I only just got a sword, John. <laughs> is it any sword, or is this the sword with the, the fucking... Any sword. I got the practice sword after an hour. <laughs> yeah, so it's you don't a, even have the, the, the fee or fi sword. Right. Fee? Um, fee. Fee. Yeah. Uh, so, so like you, you, you've experienced just how handholding this game is without even getting to the, the hand main handholder. Hand yes, <laughs> because uh, you, you walk out of a door and a person is talking to you, telling you about this control and that control, and can you do this for me to teach you this control? And then you you do it, and you walk through another door, and another character's like, can you do this for me, and that for me, and press this button, and then go get this cat off a fucking roof. And you do that, and then you walk up a hill, and all of these scenes are unskippable. Every single cutscene cannot be skipped. And so you yep. walk up a pathway and you talk to fucking Zelda and her dad for goddamn ten minutes. And uh, you can't voice act a fucking Zelda game. Never heard no. of voice acting before. So it's just uh -huh. reading fucking text. Yep. <clears throat> Unskippable text. You cannot be like, I want to get to the game, so let me skip this shit. No, you're, nope. you're in it, and they're talking about your fucking bird, and, and how strong of a connection you have with your bird. You haven't even seen your goddamn yeah. bird yet. About to you give have it no, no context for this fucking bird that you have such a goddamn strong connection with. <laughs> and, then, and then it turns out your bird's been kidnapped. And so now we have to go find your bird. And while you're walking around, by the way, hey, this person needs you to do this thing to teach you that thing. This person needs you to do this thing to teach you the other thing. 
Fucking goddamn. And, and I'm an hour in, and like I said, I just got the fucking sword, and oh, I just wanted to play the game. And and as soon as I got the sword, I I could have kept going because you know I was just gonna play until like I I yeah. reached a point because I told you like I was gonna I, I, I'll be ready in the early afternoon. That could have been whenever. That genuinely, that's like a five hour period of time when I could have showed up and been like, hey, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> but I, I I had to stop because it's my fucking controller is ancient. <laughs> and, and as soon as I got the sword and I started having to do the shit where you're like flinging the sword to the side and you're flinging the 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 or the 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 controller forward to do do shit with the sword, my nunchuck kept saying that it was disconnected from the controller Ugh. every single time. So now I have to go buy a new controller. <laughs> So I'll I'll talk about this game again. I'm going to continue playing it because I do genuinely want to experience this game. I've okay. I, I've watched a let's play of it. I know what the game is like and I want to experience that for myself. But goddamn, it's a it's a slog to get to anything interesting and It's just so much reading. Why couldn't they have... I, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's the Wii, right? Like, the, yeah. the PS3 was coming out. Like, why couldn't we have voice acted shit? <laughs> you know? It's not allowed. God. Anyway, let's talk about your favorite game. Yep. Um... So the as always we have a a mutual mobile game we both play. Um, this is not one that uh, Wombat loved because <laughs> it is not your type of game. Right, and it is. I have complaints about it on mobile as well. <laughs> I have. <laughs> this is one hundred percent my type of game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to see this is the most your game that a game has ever been I don't know how to see how long I have played this game there might Speed not be a way time. yeah let me see it maybe under play games um so we, we played Mindustry and um Damn it, it just says I mean, that it's, I played it six hours ago. It's another Factorio-esque game, right? It's it's very much Factorio. It's it's Factorio meets um Tower Defense. Is is the way it's it's I didn't even built. get to the tower defense section. <laughs> did you play the game at all? I did. Cause so, so we uh, I, I can just tell you my problem immediately. Uh, mobile controls are fucking shit on this game. But, like, I didn't understand what, what I was... Because, like, I would click on the build icon. And then I would click on the thing that I need to build. 
And then I would tap, 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 tap the place where I'm trying to build the thing, and it doesn't show up. It wouldn't show up. And so I'd have to cancel out of the whole action, and then I clicked on the thing I want to build, and then I click on the build icon, and then I'm tap, tap, tapping the place where I want to build, and still nothing shows up. I genuinely don't know what causes the check mark that allows you to build things to show up. I don't know how that happens. It just would Wombat. eventually happen. Wombat. The uh, the hammer is the um, dismantle button. What? <laughs> what? So, so, uh, the, the way the game works is, is you've got most of the screen for viewing and, and be able to access the, the, the screen and everything. And in the bottom right corner, there is a, a menu and next to it is, is the sub menu of, of what things you could build from that, that particularly selected thing. Um, so there, there are things like you can build, um, uh, like railways to move items along. You can build uh, drills to get the items. You can build factories to do things with the items. Um, you can build turrets that use power or um, items to you know shoot. They shoot the items um, like copper bullets or whatever. Um, and uh, and, and so you click the thing you want to build, and then you click the map where you want it to be built. Um, and then the other options down there are a hammer, which you can use to click and drag and erase things that you already oh. built. And, uh... <laughs> I genuinely thought that the hammer was for building. Yeah! I, I gathered that. <laughs> I mean, that also explains why it took me so long to be able to dismantle anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just you just click the thing you want, and then you click it on the map. Man, the the other buttons down there are uh, there's a an arrow. The uh, arrow is pointing at the corner, and uh, it took me a while is... to understand what that did. As well, so that one that one allows you to click and drag, and it places things in what it thinks is the best um, uh, point oh, wait. to point. Manner. Are you talking about the two arrows that point diagonally? Yes. Oh, I, I actually I never understood what that one was for. Yeah. That allows you to click and drag shit. Well, you can always click and drag shit, uh, but. Or, or for a lot of things, you you can like the um, conveyor belts, um, but it allows you to just click and drag. When you're clicking and drag normally, it's just straight lines. Um, this one allows it. It'll it'll go straight line and then it'll you know go over and then up whatever just to get from point A to point B with diagonals. It, it doesn't do diagonals, but it it handles it by zigzagging. I see. Uh, then there's the page-on-page uh, page one, which is for copying. So you can click that and then uh, drag over whatever you want copied, and it will make a copy of that that you can move around and place wherever you want. And then the check mark is for um, you 
do all these things of like you place these things on the map and then you do a check mark to actually build the things which you did manage to figure out <laughs> that's it <laughs> out of curiosity there are um there are two worlds there are two different planets you can play on and they are actually significantly different uh they don't have all the same materials uh the they have vastly different buildings. They have mostly the same wep like tower weapons and stuff, but uh, different enemies and also a different play mode. So I'm assuming you chose Serpulo. Whatever the second one was. All right. Um, well, I I think it started with an E. Okay, a Eric here. Um. So, the Serpulo is the original um, map for the, the game. It is a... It, it has a whole lot more depth to it. There's a lot more of the game in that one because they had worked on it for so long. But they decided that uh, they would actually provide a campaign that would actually hold, handhold you through it, and they made that Eric here. Um... So we actually played different games in that I played Serpulo because I oh. haven't I haven't beaten it yet. Um, I might Serpulo. Uh, go ahead. I might go back to this one. I'll be honest. Cause <laughs> that's entire chance. Yeah, that's entirely my fault. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I'm just I... a big old dummy doo doo head. I'm not going to agree with you, <laughs> but I'm not going to disagree either. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I might also, uh, I might try this fucking, um, Google Play Games beta on the PC and play it on the, with, with PC controls, because that okay. might be, uh, that might be better. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, let me know how that is. Yeah. Um I have played this so much that for the first time ever in my life <laughs> in your life. Uh yeah, I'll let me where is this? Where where can I oh, damn it won't let me. Um I uh I had to set up a timer for the app. Oh, to tell you to stop playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah after an hour and a half of playing this, it, it automatically kicks me out of it. <laughs> um, uh, that's by necessity. Because <laughs> otherwise you would just lose hours to this thing? I, I haven't... There, there were, like, three days in a row I didn't sleep. Because I played this game, and then I was like, oh, well, it's time to get up for the day. Huh. That's, um... This is a very enjoyable game for me. I unhealthy. really, really, really enjoy it. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is why I set up a timer. <laughs> Just kind of sad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, very, very good game. Really enjoy it. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will... Yeah. I will give this another chance. I'll put that in my little little thing. Remind me to do it. Okay. Yep. Okay. I will I, I will come back and give it a more non big dumb doo doo head uh <laughs> experience. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways Game Facts The Facts about the Dactyl Nightmare Dactyl Nightmare I don't like that word. Dactyl? Dactyl. Okay. I only like it as pterodactyl, right? Okay, right. Because yeah. you say when I say just dactyl, it it feels like the tarot is missing, right? Okay. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, I, like I I'm do. only saying half of a word. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Please, <laughs> please continue. <laughs> Dactyl Nightmare is a first-person arcade VR multiplayer arena shooter. That's too many things. <laughs> you can't be all of those things. It is. That cannot be your genre. First person arcade VR multiplayer arena shooter. That's not... That describes this one game. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. But De- it is correct. Developed by Virtuality Group for the Virtuality 1000 CS. What does the CS stand for? Uh, it's the model type. So there was also a CO and an SC, I think. Oh, so it's like the letters on cars where it doesn't actually yeah, mean yeah, anything. Yeah. I used to think the S meant like sport, but I don't think it does. No, it is the, uh, what, what is it? Uh, it is the package you get. The what? So, so, like, when you when you buy a new car, which is something that we will never, ever, ever do because we can't afford it ever. Right. Um, you you get a, like, there, if, you're, if you're buying a Toyota Corolla, there isn't just one Toyota Corolla. There's, like, five different packages for it. It all has the same base car, but the plain old Toyota Corolla is the base model. And it often doesn't include AC or what uh, power windows or any stuff like that hold on you can't then, not include ac what yeah you can um and then the upgraded version is like the toyota corolla se and it's got you know the power windows and locks and, and ac and then you go up another one you get like the le and it's that's got heated seats and it's it's based off of the package that you get some packages include things as big as like this package includes a sunroof whereas the normal car doesn't even have space for it but but it's it's based off of the package is the way i was taught huh yeah that's so weird okay Anyway, in Dactyl Nightmare, (laughs) you play as an abstracted human combatant in a large multi-level arena, facing off against other players as well as a computer-controlled giant pterodactyl that randomly swoops down to pick up and drop players from very high to kill them. So there is a pterodactyl. (laughs) 
So why yeah. isn't it just called Pterodactyl Nightmare? <laughs> why not just, uh. just call it Pterodactyl Nightmare? <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. The Virtuality 1000 CS was one of, if not the first, VR game. You mean console? With, with full six degrees of view control, meaning... Yeah, I suppose it is console. Meaning players can turn completely around, look up and down, and have the view tracked the entire time through full rotation. What? So, most uh, VR games up to this point were either fixed, like the um, Virtual Boy, where you look in and it's 3D, <laughs> but you can't turn your head you just kind of have to lean there on it or things like that have three degrees of view control meaning that it it looks like a three-dimensional area but you don't have rotational view you can see forwards you can turn your head to the left to the right or maybe even up and down but it's not rotated through that axis so you don't you you would look at north, and then you would look at west, and then north, and then east, and then north, and then up. But you wouldn't look northwest. You you would never look through that. You couldn't turn your head smoothly. I see. So this, that would this be provides, very jarring. Actually, turning like yes. that. So this this was the first one with full six degrees, meaning you you have access to all three axes and also the full rotation through those axes. Okay, just a big deal. It's necessary. I really I want to walk into a Starbucks one day and see somebody in the back corner on a Virtual Boy. That that's that's all I want from from my life. I could die happy at that point. It's not true. Okay. <laughs> Player movement and weapon right. control was handled handled by a cord tethered joystick mounted on a hip high ring surrounding the player. <laughs> Dubbed the space joystick. Later models featured a space glove. <laughs> This is the power glove, which provided hand and finger tracking and was later updated again to the virtuality force feedback glove, which provided tactile feedback so you could feel virtual objects. There's too much happening here. <laughs> you, you have to get into like a whole fucking astronaut rig to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Despite its graphics being significantly out of date, since this is an early 90s game on hardware about the same as the original PlayStation, it surprisingly still holds up well against more modern VR options due to its built-in magnetic tracking system and feels more like your motions are directly integrated. What's a magnetic is... tracking system? Yeah, it is the unique way that it deals with it. Uh, so it tracks the uh, magnetic field from the uh, headset, and that's how it knows where you're looking and uh, where your position is. 
Huh. Um, yes. Which is unique and also works really, really well. Unless there's metal nearby. Right. Because if, if you're... Like in most households? Yeah, well, not not that much. Like, it, it would need to be a, a large amount. But if you're putting it in, like, like a lot of in people arcade. Showed, showed them off at, at um, like, like E3 sort of things. Ooh. Surrounded by metal gantries. And, yeah, it doesn't work so well. Right. But, but like, if, if you got your keys in your pocket, it's not going to be a problem. Okay. Um, it's, it's significant metal. But still, that it... But if you're playing at a steel to... refinery... the game was successful enough that when they introduced the 2000 series machines they remastered the original and released it on the new hardware as dactyl nightmare sp but also developed a brand new sequel dactyl nightmare 2 race for the eggs which is a pvpve capture the flag game they're doing yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, they are. They definitely are. They're also they also seem to be expecting a lot of people to be playing this game. <laughs> but like uh. I I always find it a mistake when you're like your flagship game is a PVP game, right? Yeah. Like, like anytime you're expecting a ton of people to play your game, like, you have to be Activision, right? Uh-huh. To, to make a PvP game. You, you have to. You have to be that big. Otherwise, I mean, like, like, it's not going to happen. Let's just realize, though, that this is an arcade game for up to four players. Okay, up to four players. Yeah. All right, that's more reasonable. Because I was yeah. thinking, they were talking about, like, you're shooting other people, and, and people are on your side and shit, and the, like, like I thought it was, like, a, a fucking very complex game going on. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a response there. No. <laughs> The developers would go on to develop a 3000 series machine, because we're taking it to the future, as well as work with Sega on their own VR arcade game, Netmerk, also called Tech War. Haven't we talked about that before? No? Oh. Sounds familiar. And then sold a home console version to Atari for the Jaguar, which was never released because the Jaguar sucked, and was later sold to other companies and released as the Takara Dynavisor and Philips Scuba Visor, selling more than 160,000 headsets combined. That's pretty good for this chunky piece of of work. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad at all. Back in the, what, late 90s was the Jaguar? Yeah. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> Jaguar sucks so much ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like the Dreamcast gets a lot of the blame for why Sega went under. 
But I don't think it was the Dreamcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jack <laughs> I think Jaguar was, the... was uh, Atari. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, I am. Shit. I'm just talking out my ass. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was before Dreamcast? Uh, Saturn? Oh, well, nobody played that dog shit. My point still stands. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it was the Saturn. The main moneymaker happened when they switched to business applications and sold it to IBM. That'll make you money. The founder then left to go work on Google Glass-related products and smart HUDs for soldiers and pilots. The Google Glass and, went nowhere and is going nowhere. And that was just the facts. The company he works for now uh, still makes... Like, he's the CEO of this company, and it, they still make basically Google Glass... I mean, nobody is gonna. It, it, Google Glass isn't gonna take off. No, I <laughs> I do, I do personally know someone who uses a Google Glass every day of their life. And there, there will always be those people, right? And, and they are the biggest piece of shit. I <laughs> And I'm not joking. You have they to be an asshole. Biggest piece of shit. You have to be such a fucking dick to wear Google Glass. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> Ugh. oh man. Anyway, we have another piece of shit to talk about. Ah. <laughs> uh... Do, yeah. Do you think there was anything redeemable about this movie? I will say this. Uh-huh. I went in, I, I looked it up, saw that this was credited by many as being the worst movie of all time. I didn't see that. I saw worst video game movie of all time. Well, I mean, that, oof. I don't know it, if that's true, even. <laughs> I think it's a contender. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely is a, is a contender. Um, yeah, it's considered one of the worst films ever made. Um, I mean, I hated it. I, I also hated it. But I don't know that it's... The worst movie of all time. I I can I can see there being in fact um, what was the the Lamageddon was a worse movie than this. <laughs> I forgot. Did we watch Lamageddon or did we just talk about watching Lamageddon? I, I watched Lamageddon. We were supposed to watch Lamageddon. Then I guess I watched the Lamageddon. It was on the docket. Oh, I did watch. No. I, I remember it now. I remember that's, that's it. That's right. We were supposed to watch Love Again and uh, the Nazis on the Moon uh, movie. But I watched both of them and you didn't watch the Nazi one, which was vastly the better of the two. Um, no, I watched half of the Nazis on the Moon one and then I stopped. 
and then didn't go back to it. <laughs> uh, it was way better. Was it Iron Sky? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sky. There's a sequel that we should watch. Um, no, and, and and my reasoning for it was that it wasn't bad enough, and it also wasn't interesting enough. I thought it was too boring. <laughs> Uh, no, I remember Lamageddon now. I I remember, like the fucking farmer at the end dies in the uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the the tractor or whatever. Yeah, it is a much worse movie than this one. Um, I would rather watch Lamageddon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also true because there were like there was the the. Was it puppets or just animated? It was animated. Yeah, the, 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 like, just non-sequitur directly into, uh, uh, animated segments of Lomageddon was Oh, fantastic. yeah! Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Awful terrible. But fantastic. And I would absolutely watch that again to make fun of it. Okay, so. Whereas I would not watch this again to make fun of it. So we're talking about Alone in the Dark, the the 2005 movie starring Christian Slater and Tara Reid. Yeah. Uh, now the difference between Alone in the Dark and Lamageddon, and why I would rather watch Lamageddon. Lamageddon is a movie that is clearly made by people who have no business making movies, <laughs> but but they have a lot of heart. Right? They really... Yeah. They wanted to do something fun and interesting, and god damn it, if they didn't try. You know? <laughs> Alone in the Dark is made to make a buck. It is made by half-ass competent fucking filmmakers who have no investment in in the craft on this film whatsoever. Right? Like... They could not give less of a fucking shit. Tara Reid, I'm convinced, was sleepwalking through this film. Yeah. And, and whoever edited it also was. <laughs> Le- yeah. Like, like that's that's why I'd rather watch Lamageddon. I feel like somebody's trying to impart something to me through that film. <laughs> and and uh. Ua Bowl just wants my money. For Alone in the Dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm, the first thing I want to talk about is the first thing you see in the movie. Um, <laughs> the the long-ass crawl? The long-ass that... text crawl voiced by the most bored man in the universe. Absolutely bored. I think that the Star Wars crawls are too long. Yes, they 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 are. They're they're too long. But I think they're, they're cool. Succinct. Yeah, they're they're cool. They're from a bygone age that they were still too long at that time too. Uh, but like they they tell you stuff that matters. Yes, and it actually and and it doesn't spoil anything as well. And they get through it. Yeah. Um, and it's not voiced this, by your uncle. This was like four times as long. <laughs> and it was voiced by my like 
uncle but high but like not not high in the way where they're feeling good high in the way where they've just dissociated from the world and uh and it was definitely the second time he's ever read this thing <laughs> yeah but like he's read it through once so that he knows he knows where the the emphasis is supposed to be in the sentence right but like yeah. there was nothing that glaring about him reading it but he also clearly didn't understand what he was saying i, I will, will say this once he read it once to understand where to talk yeah he read it a second time when they taped him uh-huh and then they needed a second take because the first one was bad. And so <laughs> this, this was the se- or No, it's not even the, because it was bad. There's like, ah, let's just get a second take just to be sure. And it was like, all right, fine, fuck it, whatever. We'll, we'll do it again. And gave a completely disheartened second version, which is what they chose to take. For whatever this reason. Is, this is his second time actually doing it. And he's like, oh, gosh, just let's be done. <laughs> I thought I was already done with this. I didn't re- you know, I needed a gig. I didn't realize it was going to be this this bad. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, at least I'm getting paid. What time? What time do we get lunch? Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's Where's the uh, crafts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't don't joke. They didn't services. have crafts. You don't think they had craft services? I mean, they had crafts on set, but this man was never on set. <laughs> he was That's he was true. in a vocal booth, and, and then he was gone. <laughs> he was in a closet. Yeah. He was in Uwe Bull's closet. <laughs> uh. Oh. Yeah, the, it started out uh, real strong, uh, just swinging for the fences, and nobody ran after the ball. <laughs> What's this movie about, John? <laughs> uh, so this movie is is about the video game. Um, no, it's not. In the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is about Christian Slater, uh, who uh, or Edward Carnby, played by Christian Slater, who is a paranormal investigator, and his search to uh, find the alien things from his childhood yes yeah because okay so i was confused by the opening because i thought i thought that all the kids in the orphanage disappeared in the opening right yeah but then it turns out they all grew up yeah yeah no no they all disappeared and then they all came back which it doesn't tell you until much later okay because that was confusing as shit, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, later when it was like, uh, here's my friend from the orphanage, I was like, and you're not surprised that you know where he is now? Like, Also, what? they open up the gold coffin, and, and, and this gold coffin on this ship is what releases all the monsters into the world or whatever, right? Yeah. And and then suddenly we start seeing people walk out of their houses, leaving their families behind and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Who are these people? <laughs> Why do I give a shit? Because, no, you know, I, I don't. Usually a movie will like walk you through a minute of a person's life. Right. 
yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. they'll show you like interacting with their kid in some way, and maybe they walk into the kitchen, they kiss their wife, they they have a couple of lines. You get a feel of like an idea of what this per who this person is, and then you have this scene, right? So you maybe give a modicum of a shit. Yeah. But but this None time, they, they're just like, here's random people in places that we don't know walking out of their house into the night. Yep. <laughs> I'm just, it's so batshit. Like, like, they're neglecting film 101 shit, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so there's an archaeologist in the middle of the ocean. He's, he's digging up, he's digging up a gold coffin from a sunken city. Uh, Tara Reed is an archaeologist at a museum and she's there. Uh, Edward Carnby has just arrived in Buenos Aires for reasons. Why was he there? Actually, because he already had the artifact with him. That was why this guy went to go kill him. Yeah. So why I, was he in Buenos Aires? I don't know. Because we never see him do anything in Buenos Aires, aside from fight this guy. Yeah. The next time we see him, he's meeting Tara Reed at the museum, which is 100% in America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So why Buenos Aires? No idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Um, uh. Let's see. He meets up with Tara Reed. She's like, Edward! And hugs him. And then she's like, you piece of shit! And slaps him. Well, I've never seen that before. I thought you were dead. I, I, I to this day, don't know why she thought he was dead. Um, well, he was he was gone for so long. That where the uh, the thing earlier? You just had like left and not said anything. Oh right, because the, they're both associated with Warehouse Thirteen, and he just like up <laughs> it, up and dicked off one day. You mean Bureau Seven One Three? I I refuse to remember that. They're just Warehouse Thirteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, then, then the guard gets murdered by an uh, alien, by an alien. I mean, it's Um, just a xenomorph. It it is just a xenomorph. Uh, also they look like dog shit. (laughs) This has the worst special effects. (laughs) Um, also, I guess it's supposed to be invisible. Like, like, they keep talking about, that I just got attacked by a monster I couldn't see. I'm like, yeah. it is clearly Except visible. Later, later they do this, this effect over it where it's, like, invisible, quote-unquote. And you can kind of see it's, like, it's shimmering a little bit, and the, the light's making it visible, because, like... Right. The, they're they're hurt by light or whatever. But in the scene um, where Edward Carnby supposedly could not have seen the monster, it was a hundred percent visible. One hundred percent visible. There was none of that shit. <laughs> but like, if they hadn't said it was invisible, I would not have known I was supposed to think it was invisible. Yeah. 
Because when it kills the guard, it creeps up from behind. It doesn't need to be invisible for that. Why is it creeping from behind if it's invisible? I have no idea. Right? (laughs) Nobody knows. I guess this movie is so nonsense. I don't know where to go next. Like what happens next? Like, like he goes and he sees, he sees that Fisher guy at the diner. Yeah. 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 So he, he talks to the, um, the, the doctor for, uh, Bureau 713 and, uh, the doctor gives him some information, which also, <clears throat> um, uh, Fisher gives him uh, a gun and a flashlight and a uh, a little tracker thingy. And I think the flashlight is like uh, super powered against the monsters, and yet literally no one uses it. Um, because because they even go like, oh, they're they're. It's light. Their uh, light is lethal to them in, in certain doses and uh, the right type of light. So here's this special flashlight, and uh, then here's these uh, like right. But then they just end up shooting phosphorescent bullets the whole time. Yeah, why not? It's it's the, which I'm not sure phosphorus sun. counts as light. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and, and and also like we have solar lights. Like we we can produce the same wavelengths as the sun, right? Why not just do that? We could a hundred percent do that in two thousand five. Also, like. um, oh gosh, I want to skip ahead. One of the things that they can they can the the xenomorphs can do is uh, uh, by being nearby, they shut down electrical devices. Uh, it's better like. They they work if they're like directly connected to their power source, but if there's like a a, a power cord or anything, then they, they don't work. So uh, towards the end of the movie, they set up this elaborate um, uh, defense system, which is entirely powered by a generator, like uh, you know, like a generator, hundred a hundred yards away. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's a big deal that this guy gets the fucking generator on, online. They they yell at the guy like five times. Where's the generator? Where? Why isn't the generator on? You told me five ten minutes ago you'd have it up in five minutes. Where's the generator? And it doesn't matter because he gets the generator on, and then the monsters attack anyway. Yeah, like it a hundred percent did not matter that he got the generator online. Yeah. But, but like... Why was so much focus directed at the generator? <laughs> you, you have a thing of, like, you know, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that these enemies, or these, these aliens disrupt um, electricity. So why did you put 100% of your defense on electrical? <laughs> Because they've got these Gatling guns that instead of just, you know, holding and shooting, they got tracked with, like, these, these like, gloves that they follow the gloves in the air and, like, shoot the, you know, where the glove, like, so you can control it with your hands without being near it. It's just going to not work. Right. <laughs> and they got several things like that. That's also just so worse. You know... We 
there are other options yeah. besides a trigger for guns, right? There are so many yeah. other ways you could you could have a gun fire. Yep. But we use triggers because it's simpler. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing it works. there's nothing that can really get in the way of yeah. you operating the trigger. <laughs> 95% of the time, the trigger works. Yeah. Occasionally, occasionally things jam. But you know what? That's the same chance that would happen with an electrical thing. Right. Do you know what? Doesn't have a 95% chance. <laughs> electrical things. Do you know what makes that number go down to a 0% chance? Monsters that you know disrupt electricity. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, he, he goes back to his home, uh, which uh, is the, the Warehouse 13, basically. It, it is the, the warehouse. Like, yes. It's, it's like a cross between the where, Warehouse 13 and uh, um, uh, Indiana Jones' house. Which I think um, was just a government, like, storage facility. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're talking about his, where they lose the Ark, essentially? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, his his girlfriend shows up, and they, they study the thing, and they figure out that it's a key or something. Maybe Except she's not really his girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hates him. Why does she come yeah. to his house? I don't know. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden they're attacked. And so, uh, the next, uh, 20 to 30 minutes of the film is just this one battle where a whole bunch of people die and nothing of significance happens except Carnby and Burke finally see eye to eye. Oh, yeah. Really oh. fucking stupid. Yeah. Really, really fucking stupid. This entire... Everything. The whole subplot. I never know why Burke doesn't like Carnby. Um, I don't understand why eventually Burke decides to like Carnby. Well, it's it's because Carnby saves his life. Right. I mean, I guess. That was more just like coincidence, though. But yeah, yeah. Like well, Car- I mean, they were all killing the monsters, and then Carnby just happened to look in Burke's direction, and and shot the monster that was near Burke. But, yeah. Like it could have easily been Cedric who did that. Well, or any uh, of the think, other fucking random mooks. I think the point was he he called his attention to it, and he was pointing his gun at Burke, and he shot the monster behind him. Of like a. Hey, I'm not a I'm you. not a monster thing. Yeah, like you yeah. think I, I am. I, I, you know, I know we hate each other. I could have killed you, but I didn't. I saved your life. Okay. So I don't hate you. Um, what we call that is shitty writing. Right. Which, I mean, is is this movie's biggest problem. Yeah. It, is that every line of dialogue is just shit, and the story doesn't make sense, and nothing happens for a reason. Like... I'll be honest, okay? I had this on a second screen while I was doing other things. 
Was there ever a payoff for Fisher becoming a thing, a, a monster thing? Uh, he was the one who destroyed the uh, generator. He's the one who destroyed the generator. Okay, because yeah, I saw Hudgens come back. Lines. Yeah, yeah, no, he he just he was able to get behind enemy lines and and attack the generator guy uh, with um. He pulled the pin on generator guy's grenade and it instantly exploded. That's which, not how uh, is, grenades is, is work. Not how grenades work. And also, if that's how grenades uh, worked, we would not use grenades. <laughs> no, no, we're we're not a huge fan of uh, kamikaze actions, which is what that would be. I did remember that. I did. I did. I didn't remember that was Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's not much of a payoff. Uh, no. Also, didn't fucking matter. No. Because, <laughs> again, the generator was a bad way to go about things in the first place. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I think everybody there would have died anyway. Also, there is no different... And this is this is a problem throughout the film. But there's no difference in lighting between when the generator is on and when the generator is off. But, like, I could see everything clearly both times. Because uh, I, I was half-assed uh, live, uh, ty- like, reacting in Discord to what I was watching. And, yeah. and at one point, I, I was watching this guy walking through the uh, the area um like like everybody's already dead basically and i'm like oh this guy is alone in the dark i don't know who this is <laughs> um and then he gets instantly murdered but i was able to see everything around him while he was in the dark uh-huh cuz earlier i had also said like the only person who was ever both alone and in the dark is the guard, except he was barely in the dark because they lit too much of the environment. Because <laughs> I'm so used to, like, modern movies where if somebody's in the dark, it's just, like, a black screen, and every now and then you can kind of half-ass make some movement out. Which is a very bad way to go about filming things in the dark you know audiences like to understand what's happening on the screen not just watch their turned off computer but uh the they went too far in the other direction and it's like there's there's lights shining from all different kinds of places i can see every beam in this fucking what is it an abandoned factory they're in like uh uh, yeah, abandoned mine. Abandoned mine. I can see every single beam that's in place. Like, <laughs> turn off some of these lights. You're supposed to be in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. This movie is just, it's so nonsense. Yeah, it's it's rather trash. They get down in, into the, the mine, and, and they're like, oh shit, Warehouse 13 was the ones who created the monsters. 
Of, of course they did. And it's like, sure, cool. I, I have no context for who Warehouse 13 is beyond all the people who are already dead. Yeah. You know? Like, it would be more... That moment would be more meaningful if we ever saw, like, the head of Warehouse 13. You know? <laughs> yeah. If there was, like, a big guy at the top. And, like, maybe a couple of guys underneath him. And, like, those, the the reveal is that those were the bad guys. But the bad guy is just Hudgens. Mm-hmm. He's just a he's just a fucking it's, archaeologist it's just, dick. Yep, yeah, just that one guy. Yeah, who's, who's just inexplicably a piece of shit. Yeah, but like, there, there's no reason for it either. He just is a piece of shit. I, I'm still confused. Was he infected by one of the monsters, or was he just a nope. dick? He's just a dick. Because I thought he was infected after the fucking um, after the gold coffin gets opened, right? Yeah. And that's why he started acting weird after the coffin was opened. No, no, no. He was he was bad from the beginning. And also um was um he was doping himself with alien blood. I did see that. Why? Yeah. Uh Cuz what did that do for him? I don't know. It never explains. <laughs> At all. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I hate to go back to it. Film 101, you see a thing happen, and then it explains what that thing caused, right? Uh-huh. We see him shooting himself up with alien juice, but then he's still just Hudgens. Yep. Like, he doesn't Hulk out. He doesn't... No. Nope. He, he doesn't suddenly have mind powers. He just, he's just still, he's just still a, a fucking archaeologist. I don't understand this movie. <laughs> I don't I either. Do, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and uh, the action is so bad. The action is so bad. Like, there's just yellow bullets shooting all over the place. None of them hit their targets. Even when they supposedly hit their targets, people will drop over from bullets, like, that whizzed by, like, two feet past their ear. They're dead. (laughs) Yeah, they're gone. Um, it, it, the, the apartment action scene, the, the, like, when the Warehouse 13 guys suddenly show up for reasons... Um, yeah, uh-huh. And start shooting. The, None, the, the most, there are no reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most distracting metal song in the world starts to play over slow motion of them firing bullets into nothing. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. I, I was like, what is this scene? What is happening? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand any creative decision in this film. Down to the casting, I don't understand why Tara Reed is here. I do, no. I don't. <laughs> no. She's not an archaeologist. I do not look at Tara Reed and think, "Wow, what an archaeologist." You know? <laughs> I I don't look at Christian Slater and think he should be anywhere near this movie. Although, 
I'll give him the accolades of actually trying. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he seemed to he seemed to really want to do the best with what he had. Yeah. Which is not what anybody else wanted to do. <laughs> this, is, this is very begrudging. Right. Because it's not good. It's not a good performance from, from Slater. No. Right? But you can tell that no. he's trying to do a performance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Uh... God damn it. <laughs> I I just I want to say one good thing about the movie, right? Can't. But it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> and, there's and nothing, nothing that's to the, say. That's the closest I get. He Christian Slater was not asleep throughout the filming of this movie. Yes, he was the only one not asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that I had been asleep. Right. Because Golly, this was shit. Um, okay, I, I did, I did want to hit on a, a few of my points from, from my live reaction. Um, so, so at one point, Carnby tries to rough up Burke in order to get more information out of him. And then he's, <laughs> he's immediately pulled away by two Warehouse 13 guys. And I'm like, why even have him do that if he wasn't going to win? like it makes him look so weak and petulant to have him just immediately pulled aside (laughs) and it's supposed to be a moment of him being like a a badass detective right Uh uh-huh yeah and it isn't (laughs) right um oh every time they come upon a body that is already dead there, there is supposed to be blood on the ground underneath them, right? Yeah, and it's just like a, a tiny splash of red paint that's already dried. Like uh-huh. it's, it's not. It, it's clearly just painted on blood stain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they couldn't get this guy to lay in corn syrup. <laughs> nope. And. and <laughs> It was probably from the last uh, uh, taping, and they, uh, they there's oh perfect. We don't even have to find blood. There's like already a blood stain here. Just just lay here, dude. With the cameras, and then <laughs> lay there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, when they're the guard gets murdered, and then there, Carnby and Cedric are running from the monster inside the museum and there's this wide hall with like glass presentations that they're running down and then the monster chases through them and there's room on each side for the monster to just run down the hall but he Uh chooses instead to smash through every single glass presentation (laughs) and I'm like even the the most instinctive creature on the planet, like the most reactive fucking being in the universe, would still have the wherewithal to move to the side. 
I don't need to smash through every single thing. It'd be more no. convenient to run on the side. You do. You do need to smash through every single thing. Because <laughs> we paid for this glass to break, so it has to break. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, uh, at the end, at the end of the movie, uh, there's a metal door between a bomb that's supposed to close off the area where the monsters come from and, and, uh, Burke, who has the detonator to the bomb and they're about to escape him, Carnby and Cedric are about to escape and Burke's like, oh no, the detonator won't work. And so he runs all the way back, opens up the blast doors, grabs the bomb, sets it on a timer for four seconds. I don't understand. Couldn't he have just opened the blast doors and then, like, run away and then detonated the bomb with the detonator? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand the need for the timer. And and then he doesn't give himself enough time to run away. He, he just, like, fucking... Sylvester Stallone's it through a random hole in the wall. And and this yeah. blast reaches so far that it catches up to where Carnby and Cedric are and blasts out the fucking basement doors that they just crawled out of. And then later, it shows Burke moving around after that, implying that he survived through it. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, he would have just been roasted to ashes. Also, what was the point of that? <laughs> you, it, so, so it was to close off the the entrance to the other which, dimension which, which, where which the he would have been buried alive, right? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, and then they go back up, and this is one of the things you pointed out. Uh, they they apparently evacuated like um, San Francisco overnight, right? Which was not set up beforehand that the city was supposed to be evacuated. Yeah, and and Carnby is narrating over it, talking about like the last time this happened, the Abkhani civilization was wiped out, and so you. Like, the implication should be that the monsters have already killed all of San Francisco. Yeah. Right? That's supposed yeah. to be the implication. The implication but they ruin that. that they're the last alive. Yes. But they ruin that by saying that the city was evacuated with the only fucking, t- uh, like, time stamp card in the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, actually, aside from the very first scene, which opens with 22 years ago, which you don't yeah. need to, that that's not how you do things either. You just open with that scene, and then when you cut yeah. forward in time, you say 22 years later. Yes. Yeah. Um. Also, when you evacuate a city... You don't just leave city cars with open doors. <laughs> you don't doors. get out of your car in the middle of the street and run out of the city. You drive your car out of the city. Right. Um, what I... I think that was a studio decision. I think they ran it through test audiences, and the test audiences didn't like that it ended on such a downer note, 
And so some fucking studio hack was like, it, it say that the city was evacuated and that's why it's so empty. Yeah, it's possible. Like, I think that's 100% what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think Uwe Boll is a bad filmmaker. I don't think he was that bad. I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he intentionally made the ending of his movie that confusing. I think he intentionally made the rest of his movie that confusing by being a lazy piece of shit who doesn't know how to explain things, but I think that was a studio decision. The the ending. <laughs> uh, um, Alright, well. What else? else to say? Uh, I mentioned it earlier with Pixel Noir. Why can't things just be things you know like you, you go in you 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 strive to make an alone in the dark movie right and yeah. I, I i don't understand how that results in this yeah because there's nothing alone in the darkish about this movie at all only two people are ever alone in the dark, and it's not the main character. <laughs> <laughs> the main yeah. character is never alone, and he's rarely in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Well, that was hot shit. It was. It was also some very cold, cold, gross shit. Yeah. Um. Next week we have something special. Oh, that it is anime and light novels, like we always do. Oh um, yeah, but <laughs> but this time the light novel we are reading is "I Want to Eat Your Pancreas," which I have already read and insists that if you can read this because it's incredible. That's oh. that's your spoiler. It's incredible. <laughs> I'll be reading it this week. Yeah. It's incredible. Anyways, uh that's it for us. Is um, it incredible? Uh I was pretty mid actually. This oh, episode. Damn. Yeah. This, oh, this, this episode's pretty this mid. This episode, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what about the book? Um if I had to say, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.